Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Welcome back to Case of the Mondays, a one team, one podcast production. This is Matt from One Team, One Podcast, and this is our weekly Monday show where I get to, um, I guess, unleash my negativity. Uh, I am always been the negative, uh, pessimistic LSU fan, and there's a lot of negativity we can talk about. Um, and I hope everybody's having a good week, but we we actually just came off of the Saturday Alabama disaster that it was, um, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. There's a few things that I wanted to discuss, uh, not necessarily with the game. I mean, the game is what it is. Um, anybody that thought we were going to be close in that game is was out of their minds. Um, you know, this team has got so many issues and so many problems, um, but – I actually thought the offense played a little bit better, uh, obviously better than what they played against against uh, Texas A&M. Um, their opening couple of drives actually weren't bad. Um, everything went south when Alabama decided to adjust their fronts and um, start blitzing, and it was over at that point. We had no adjustment that we could make. Uh, we couldn't get any time again on uh, with for Finley or Johnson when they decided to blitz. Um, and they were creative with the, how they got to the quarterback, all that kind of stuff, just like A&M was. So it's all the same stuff. Um, defensively, we it was just bad. We were just bad. We are a bad football team. I think uh, the A&M game had a lot of people fooled. Um, I think A&M, not only do they have a, um, a bad quarterback, but they also – have a pro style scheme. They don't have elite wide receivers. Um, they had a running a running game, and we kind of held that down as much as we could. Um, but Alabama's got the full package, man. They got everybody. They got. I mean, nobody can guard Devonta Smith one on one. And what did we try to do? We tried to guard him one on one. You saw Ed Ogeron blow up on the sidelines, uh, and I said this on another podcast. It's it almost felt like this is. Like Ed Ogeron just realized that this is a complete dumpster fire. Like all of a sudden, right in the middle of the game, and he lost it. Um, meanwhile, we've we've been talking about this for since the Mississippi State game. Um, it was just I was actually happy to see some emotion out of him towards coaches and not just players at this point because there's so many problems. Um, you have a defensive. I think the defensive side has probably. I mean, all the players have checked out. It seems like. Um, I mean, there's a couple of guys that are, you know, Baskerville's playing very well. You saw Cox playing well last week. Flott was playing well last week until he got burned this week. Uh, you still have guys that don't know what they're doing. Um, everybody's looking at each other. Um, this is complete coaching failure, on my, in my opinion. Um, first of all, you don't have any of the guys engaged. I think there's a culture issue at LSU. We'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, uh, there's no leadership at all, obviously, either. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of problems. Uh, offensively, you have no imagination. Um, I'm saying you played better against Texas A&M, but at the end of the day, it's just a far cry from last year's offense. Um, schematically, um, 
creativity wise, uh, imagination, there's all kinds of issues that we're seeing route trees, a lot of differences with, uh, last year's team to this year's team. And of course, offensive line plays atrocious. But, uh, one of the big things that I've, I've gotten in a lot of conversations with people about the last couple of days and, you know, and basically I was trying to explain Alabama in their roster compared to LSU in their roster. And part of what I was saying was, you know, you have a guy like Alex Leatherwood, a uh, left tackle for Alabama, who's a senior this year. Uh, he came back for his senior year. Um, could have been a first, second round pick in the draft, came back, and now he's a monster in college as a senior year. He'll be drafted in the first round. Um, you had a guy named like Landon Dickerson, uh, who was so Leatherwood and Dickerson were both five stars coming out of high school. I remember them very well. And uh, Dickerson has stayed. He's now a redshirt senior. He stayed, and he's the starting center. And um, you know they they control the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, they have a fantastic offensive line. And my question was, okay. Just take that offensive line, for instance. Um, they also have a guy named uh, Evan Neal on their right side, right right tackle. He'll probably move over to left tackle when Leatherwood leaves, but he's also a five-star. So you have three five-stars who have stacked uh, in their recruiting classes. Over three recruiting classes, they have three five-stars that are still on the roster at the same time. We had um, – so we had guys like Sadiq Charles – um, left tackle last year, uh, left early, and I believe was a fourth-round pick, maybe fifth. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But he made a roster in the NFL, um, but he left early. Uh, he had a guy na named Lloyd Cushenberry, who was fantastic for us, and he's starting in the pros. There's nothing against what I'm saying. I'm not talking about players' decisions and how they should choose differently. Um and I'll get to that. my point on this. Land, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry was a, th a third-round pick. And I understand he's starting in the pros for the Denver Broncos. But could you imagine LSU right now with Sadiq Charles at left tackle, um, Ed Ingram at left guard, Lloyd Cushenberry at center, and let's say Chasen Hines, right guard, Deculus, right tackle, or Rosenthal at right tackle. You'd have the option at that point. Um, this is what we're talking about with Alabama, and this, you know, Alabama had guys come back, and they're they're able to get these guys back on the roster. Let's also talk about Devontae Smith, um, senior from Amit, obviously, everybody knows who he is. Um, came back for his senior year. He may not have even been a first round pick last year. I'm not quite sure. He might, might have been on the edge, but he came back. Um, you also have uh, Najee Harris. I think he probably would have been a first, second-round pick in the draft. He came back. Um, Dylan Moses could have left. I know he was injured, but he could have left. He came back. Um, there's a lot of these guys that they have coming back, and they're able to stack their roster. They're able to re-recruit these guys and come back on their roster. We do not do that. I'm just telling you right now, we don't do that. We have a culture of – Guys leaving 
and go into the NFL. And we, we like to do on Sundays on LSU's Twitter, we like to have like a big NFL party on NFL LSU on their Twitter page. And this year it's like all we want to do is we want to look at the Burrow highlights and the Justin Jefferson highlights, um, the Patrick Queen highlights. Yay. Um, and meanwhile, our team on Saturday is terrible. Um, we're, we're having an awful job of re recruiting these guys. And now there's a fear of, okay, who's on your roster now? And it, all of a sudden, roster management has become the, the, the hot word in the last week or so. Um, and we've kind of been talking about this for a little while on the podcast that I just don't – I think after the national championship year, um, this coaching staff, starting with Ed Ogeron, just checked out. They checked out. Um, all these guys left and we had a big ass party for the draft and we were like, how many, how many guys can we get drafted? Um, this will be great for our program. And of course you had a ton of high round picks, but, um, I've been talking to a lot of people about this and if you're listening, you're going to hear it again. Cause I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about this. I think it's that important for this program, Lloyd Cushenberry. And I understand that he's starting. You do not have to explain to me that he's starting in the NFL. I get it. But he was a third-round pick. I'm talking about signing bonuses. Could he have upped his draft stop to be a first-round pick, like almost like a Caesar Ruiz? Could he? And how much more money would he have made as a first-round pick? Um, but these guys are leaving. So third-round pick in Cushenberry. Sadiq Charles is gone. Uh, J Jacob Phillips, fifth-round pick for the Browns. Uh, Thad Moss doesn't even get freaking drafted. He leaves. Um, all right, so let's talk about Kerry Vincent Jr. He leaves. He opts out before the season. He's a junior, by the way. Opts it out. Opts out. Decides he's going to go pro. Um, so he's gone. Uh, obviously, you had Jamar Chase. He left. Uh, you know, and I understand his. He's like the most understandable at all. All of them. He opts out, and I know he opted out at the wrong time. Of, could have opted out a lot earlier, but he opted out nonetheless, so he's gone. Terrace Marshall, obviously, is the the newest news. But all of those guys, um, man, what kind of difference would that have made for this team and leadership and guys coming back? I mean, this is, would transform this team. Huge, huge difference. You have a quality offensive line also. Like – Guys, this is this is the difference. This is the difference between, and I, I've mentioned this before. Derry Beck was tweet about a week ago was spot on. It was the difference between having success and sustaining su success. They are two different freaking things. And right now, there's other programs that know how to do this, and they can operate during COVID. And there's other teams that like to make excuses for COVID, and they don't know how to do it. And yay, we won. 2019 national championship but now we're gonna have to rebuild and pick up all the pieces because we dropped the ball that's what I see um and I know there's people that disagree with me on this but that's what I see so um now there's also talk um of um changing coordinators there's been that's been the hot topic I, I think it started on a probably on a tiger droppings post or something like that but there was um talk of maybe moving two new coaches, uh, coordinators, so which would mean Ensminger would probably, quote-unquote, retire. 
um, get rid of Linehan, um, and then you're also going to get rid of Polini. And I've heard there's some um, there are some position coaches that are probably going to be on the move too. Uh, I could think Bill Johnson probably one of them. Um, I don't know if there's. You know, I was telling this to somebody today. There's no inside information on this or anything like that, but it just seems like there is something weird going on between maybe Pelini and and Coach Raymond. Um, there's miscommunications in the backfield. You got Stingley going over everybody's head and going straight to Ogeron, being pissed off. Like there's some weird shit going on, guys. Like let's just, let's just be honest with you. Is there a is there a big issue there? Um, and we've said this before on the podcast, but such a a drastic change between personalities with Dave Aranda to uh, Bo Pelini to be, to begin with. Um, Corey Raymond's passed up again for a DC job. Like I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. That I feel like there's something there though. Um, so we start. I'm starting to look at coordinators, man. I I, I feel like you need. And I, I was about to make this example, but man, you you, fi- you figured out the formula last year, right? Like. I know we had all these great guys, but Joe Burrow wasn't that great before Joe Brady got here. Uh, I mean, he was a good quarterback, but he wasn't Joe Burrow. Um, you figured out the formula. Let's go. Let's go poach that tree again. Let's go. Let's go get another Saints assistant that knows that offense, that can coach these wide receivers the way Joe Brady did, that can coach you know a quarterback to make the reads like Joe Burrow made. Let's go. Let's go find that guy. Um, hell, we know the offense already. Miles Brennan knows the offense already. Go, go knock on that tree again. Um, I, you know, I put on Twitter, Joe, Joe Lombardi is the quarterback's coach over there. I think that would be fantastic. It would be right in your price range, everything that you need. Have him come on down. Just go down I-10. Um, on defensive side, I, I think you need a young coach. I think you need to get somebody that's – familiar with the spread first of all I mentioned uh Jim Leonard and I'm not quite as big on him as I would be with going towards uh um going towards the Joe Lombardi route but you know one thing we do know we we know how that transition works um a a Wisconsin defensive coordinator coming to LSU um you know we know how that works let's go bark up that tree again like you found the formula you knew what worked here why are we going away from anything that worked in 2019? And you have to figure out your roster, obviously. That's that's on you, but you can figure out your assistant coaches, and you can make a decision pretty quickly. Um, these are both guys who you could afford, especially if you're paying Pelini, but you're freaking paying him 2.2. Jesus Christ. That's a joke. Um, I want to talk about saving some money in COVID years. Let that guy go, and you'll save a shit ton over three years, um, especially for the value you're getting. Holy cow. Um, so uh, there's a lot going on, a lot going on, lots of unpacking. Guess what? We get to play Florida now. Yay. Yay, sports. Um, we get to go to the Gainesville and go play against uh, Kyle Trask and uh, Dan Mullen, who, who really would love nothing more than to beat LSU's brains in and score as many points as he possibly can. Um, against this atrocious defense. Um, my my only thoughts of this is like you just need to you need to be wide open. Don't be afraid to throw the chuck the ball around. Um, I don't care if they get ten sacks on you. 
drop back every play. Let's just throw it deep, man. I think there was some deep balls that we, we threw last week. I thought we played pretty well in that first quarter offensively. Um, you know, just keep trying, man. That's, that's all you can do at this point, just to kind of get some energy with some of these guys. Um, again, I think you need to, to bring the blitz a little bit more. You're not getting any pressure on anybody. Um, just be aggressive. Um, they they you know I saw too many times where you had your cornerbacks coming up on the line of scrimmage and then they would just allow the guy to keep going a free release off the line. Why are we doing that? Why? Jam these guys. Put your hands in their chest at the line of scrimmage. That's what we used to do at LSU. I've seen it tons. That's why these guys are so good in the NFL. They're aggressive. I don't know. I think we. I think these guys have checked out on this team. I think some of the coaches may have checked out. Um, there's a lot to uh, lot to repair here, um, and it's just shocking. And you know, one of the CBS Sports stats was during the game um, the worst record ever from a national championship team. The next year um, was three and six and three and seven. This was back in the 30s and the 40s. So we may have the worst record. At, we have the worst record at least. Um, since 1943 of returning national champions if you don't think things are bad um and i I know there's a lot of guys that follow us that like to say you know this is a fake year and blah 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 um it's all excuses now uh you lost this team um and i i don't think it was just because of the coaches i think there was some other stuff going on too um, but nonetheless, you lost them. You lost this roster. You got to rebuild everything from scratch. And uh, like one of my friends said the other day, it, you know, Alabama, they don't have any fun. Try, try, win, try having the best team ever and then, like, burning it to the ground and then starting over and then trying to do it again. Try to do that. That's tough. Anyway, guys, it's been case of the Mondays. I am having a case of the Mondays. I'm actually in a decent mood. But um, when it comes to LSU football, man, it's just so – to me, this is this stuff is so obvious now. Um, it should have been obvious to us at the very beginning of the year, but we were just waiting to see things change, and it never did, and then it just got worse. So I don't know what anybody expected out of Alabama. I don't know why anybody would expect anything differently against Florida. Um, I think the biggest thing is going to be if Ole Miss comes in here and tries to score 60 on us, whew, you want to see an upset fan base, you're going to see it. Uh, I know you see it already, but you're going to see it. It's going to be even worse. Um, anyway, I don't know what else I could tell you. There's nothing positive that I can spin for you this week. Uh, but we'll be back on Wednesday with a One Team, One Podcast edition. Um, look for us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Twitter is One Team, One Pod. Also, check out our website, OneTeamOnePodcast.com. And we will see you guys on Wednesday with another episode. Talk to you then. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster.